Wait a minute, Wait turn, a minute. On the radio. turn on the radio My homie got a new show and it's time to play it's it though play I it hope right. you got in tune, got he in talking tune. bigger business he make Welcome to the Startup Showcase, I'm your host Scott Katoon Joining me on today's show, as mentioned to Amy, we've got the New Venture Challenge Which is Chicago Booth's premier uh, pitch event the companies that have come out of New Venture Challenge are insane. I'm a Northwestern guy, so the NUvention Challenge I wish was better. I know that we've got some really cool engineering stuff that comes out, but from the startup landscape, I mean, most of these companies, I mean, they they win like six hundred thousand dollars. It's not like a small amount of money, uh, so they're a little further along maybe than like a college idea. But oh my goodness, there have been some awesome companies to come through this. Um, I must say, of course, if you want to chime into this, follow us on social at Technori, or you can DM me at Katoon on Twitter. Um, I got my little news and notes segment here before we kick it into the actual uh, show. There's no showcase today, so if you came here to, to spend money, uh, stay, but just hold on to your money. Put it in Bitcoin because it's flying off the charts right now. It's close to 11000 again, which is insane. Um, I did buy. I can't help it. A uh, little shout out I want to give to Raise.com CEO Jay Klamanizer. He was on the podcast last week. Uh, the Chicago-based startup has raised like $150 million, pun intended, raised um, $150 million uh, in funding. It was founded by George Boussis, who is the first person I ever had on a show of my podcast like five years ago. So it's cool to catch up and see where that company is going. If you don't know what it is, uh, well, you probably should. They've raised all that money so that they can make it easier for you to use gift cards. If you're like me, you lose your gift card the moment you get home and you empty your pockets and then it's gone. Uh, Raise lets you sell those gift cards or buy other people's gift cards and save money. It's pretty simple. You download the app and, uh, well, you should listen to the podcast and, and Jay will tell you better how to do it. But for my money, you download the app, you put your gift card on it. You, that way you don't have to worry about having the card for one. So you can go into different places and use the gift card right there from the, the Raise app. But also, uh, I don't know. Let's just say you decided you don't ever go to, uh, Toys R Us. Well, nobody does because they're dead, but they're coming back. Um, but let's say, you know, you don't go to Home Depot, whatever, wherever your gift card was from, you can sell it. You're not going to probably get a hundred percent of it, but you'll get like 80 to 90% of your gift card. In which case I'd rather have 80 or 90% of money. I wasn't going to spend, uh, and use it for something else. Also a little catch up. I spoke last week at the catapult, uh, incubator, talked about fundraising, talked about a lot of things. It was supposed to be like a very organized workshop. And then it quickly devolved into just like a fundraising talk because a lot of the companies were very clear with what they wanted. Um, and I always enjoy getting to sit down and talk to founders about how they should raise money, when they should raise money, who they should raise it from actually more in particular who not to raise their money from, uh, not poo pooing on individual investors, but just don't try to raise money from somebody who makes money in one area when you're making money in another, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I will also be at Chicago innovation Ungala this week coming up on Wednesday. If you, I think tickets are still available. If you want to go to that Chicago innovation.com. And I want to add one more thing. I've got like a minute. I want to add one more thing to the, to this show every week. I've really gotten into listening to books. I, I think you should read. Uh, but if you're like me, it's kind of hard to carve out reading time in addition to the emails and everything else. So I listen to them. I listen to a lot of books. Um, I'm on like a week, maybe one or two a week at this point, And I think it would be beneficial for all of you. So I'm going to name off some of the books that I'm reading every week. I'll give you the one that I like, and, and maybe it's interesting to you. Maybe it's not this week. This might come as a surprise to you. The book I'm reading is love life by Rob Lowe. Yes, that Rob Lowe, uh, West wing, Rob Lowe, heartthrob, Rob Lowe. Sometimes you got to get out of your zone and enjoy the world through other people's eyes and their lives. And, and Rob Lowe's life has been just incredible. Um, to hear him tell it is even better. And he's written memoirs and stuff before about his addiction and blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is just a cool story. And as a person who has nothing to relate to Rob Lowe, uh, in particular, uh, handsome, boyish, good looks, 
I I just find it fascinating to hear him talk about his life while he's living it and and to see that he has the same kind of problems and concerns and and emotional roller coasters that we all have myself included and and as I'm welcoming this new child into my lifestyle uh it's cool to see that a person as busy as he has been and as successful as he's been deals with and dealt with some of the same things that I'm dealing with and I think you might find it uh worthwhile so this week's book Love Life by Rob Lowe. You can get it, I don't know, anywhere. Audible, bookstores, I don't wherever people buy books. I get the audio ones on iBook. That's for me. All right. I'm going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with the three winners from New Venture Challenge. Learn more about upcoming Technori events, investment opportunities, featured stories by subscribing to our weekly newsletter at technori.com. And now I shall unload on this awesome little roundtable we've put together no pressure to you guys, all of you. Uh, normally, we have the startup showcase where people call in and, and can raise capital and invest in all these different companies. Uh, you guys are the stars of the show for today, so you can all pull up tight to the mics. So we can hear you. I'll, I'll introduce people as they go through here. Um, we've got Eric Bow as the founder of GG Leagues. You are the second place winner of the New Venture Challenge. We have the third place winner, Sonny. There's nothing wrong with being third place. It's all good. We've I've got been here my, three times, too. You, yeah, it's three, for, three is your number. Three for three. Uh, Sonny Ty, you are the co-founder of Aegis AI. And, of course, the winner of this year's uh, New Venture Challenge, we have Jillian Fenton um, and your company, My Art Cash. Yes. Welcome, all of you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank Thanks you. Um, we are going to do this. In a, we, I, I played with the idea of doing a one-off, one-off, one-off in each segment. I figured we would spend so much time just like going in and out of it. That they're Sonny, well, you guys have all been on the radio now, I think, right? Uh, the commercials just kill the ability to do the flow. So I figured we will leave all of you on for the entire show. I want to go individually through each one of the companies and kind of get the pitch on the company. And I'd love to learn sort of your take on, you know, New Venture Challenge, what the experience is like. And then we'll save the last segment of the show for sort of the like, this is the future and here's what we're trying to do. So why don't we start with the winner here before we roll into the next segment uh, on exactly what your company does so everyone listening knows. Sure. So um, I'm Jillian, the founder and CEO of MyArtCash. Uh, MyArtCash is a, is a platform for art dealers to buy and sell works online discreetly, quickly, and easily. And by works for those of us who are not very cultured. Sorry. So an artwork, any painting, um, a work on paper like a print or maybe a sculpture. Okay, so it can be, there. there's some like latitude there, but it's yes. not, you know, not, Plenty. Not, not digital art necessarily. Or I guess digital possible? art could as well, um, but Time we mainly tell. explore the physical. Okay, very cool. Uh, second place winner. Hi, I'm Eric. I'm the founder of GG Leagues. Um, GG Leagues is a social gaming league that um, hosts leagues that allow gamers to play games in person rather than strictly online. <clears throat> and the goal is to make gaming a more of a social experience for gamers instead of um, more of an isolating experience. We're going to come back to that. And in addition to that, I'm going to make sure that we get everyone will be on the podcast except for Sonny because he's already been on too many times. <laughs> but we're gonna have we're gonna have an extended podcast with you because my former life was gaming and I was super into it and I got really high ranked like really? within the top for me high ranked yeah. within the top thousand <laughs> in Call of Duty Modern Warfare the original one. That's sick. And it was my KD yeah. ratio was nuts. Yeah. It was like I would go on. It was like 24 streaks or nothing. Um, so like I, I can go all nuke. Right? Oh my yeah. god! They had <laughs> I had it run down from the bombs first to the chopper, the chopper switch spot, yeah. sniping. People call me campers and noobs. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a whole. It's a, you're not. I used to say it. 
You're not a. You're only a camper if you get caught. Yeah, exactly. You're not a camper. I'm just. I'm quick sniping you. What do you want me to do about it? Yeah. I'm too good for you. Um, no, so I, I can really get in on this, and I'd love to talk more about it. So the problem with gaming, though, is that like curse words just start flying, yep. and so we have to do the podcast because on air it's just not. You know, yeah. it doesn't fly. Let's do it. Um, and now to pivot over from talking about violence and all kinds of horrible things, let's switch over to Sonny from Agents AI because he's trying to stop this from entering reality. Yeah. So. Um Thanks for having me show again for, for the third time. Um, but yeah, we built software that enables your existing security camera systems to automatically recognize gun threats using computer vision and provide this real-time information to building occupants and to law enforcement. Um, so traditionally, if you think about a security camera system, it's a forensic device. If something, if something were to happen, you go back and review the footage and go and try and track down a pers- person perpetrated a crime. And we, we want to be able to turn these dumb cameras into smart cameras. Yep, so. I get it. And, and I obviously, you know, if I remember correctly, you came on the podcast. It was the day after there was a mass shooting. Was it the day after? Was it the um, day of? It was, I mean, it was, it was close. It was close. It was yes. like right in there. So it was like <laughs> that show just like took off immediately because it was just i mean un- unfortunately for unfortunate reasons but you've had a lot of press about this for obvious reasons and and have you know reeled in some pretty high profile investors so on the back half of the show i want to talk to you about this stuff uh for the next couple minutes here i, I want to talk uh jillian to you about your business because this is one of the things that like i said i'm a northwestern guy so for me mm-hmm. promoting booth is always like a little bit like ah, what am i doing here um but they do such a great job of having a diverse like array of companies and types and we've talked about gaming which is like super like next gen and we've talked about you know i you know ai and and tech and then there's arts which is completely you know wouldn't be on the same stage generally speaking and yet i i think it's a a really important thing to realize for people that because of technology you can reach anybody and so show me sort of like the example from you guys like what was it that drew you into to your business like are you are you from a very artistic background uh you know how did you recognize that there was a problem and and what are you building to change it sure so i actually grew up in the art world my mother phyllis has been a prominent art dealer representing artists like andy warhol roy lichtenstein for more than 35 years so growing up i actually lived with the problems that all dealers face and i i saw some of the issues and the challenges of being an art dealer and this is really why i started my art cash i actually Grew up with Warhols in my bathtub. Um, this is like not a joke. Yeah. And um, I thought that this was, you know, maybe just something that my mom did. And then when I came to Booth, I started to interview more art dealers and realized, hey, there's actually a lot of art in a lot of bathtubs, closets, under beds. You know, I had one guy yesterday tell me it was in his gym. Um, you know, they just store it wherever they can. So um, this is why we started my art cash in order to get the art out of the bathtub and put it on the wall. Somewhere in my basement, I've got dogs playing poker. <laughs> uh, I've got no. I'm, I'm joking, but like, I actually totally true. Uh, Tony Bennett, who's obviously a very famous uh, musician, he's also a very famous artist. People don't know that Antonio Benici, his name, uh, he does a lot of art. I actually have a picture that he hand drew on an airplane of my grandfather, and it was a problem to try to keep it. Because we're not art people, we don't. I don't have. I don't know what to do. And these are the kind of things where, like, if they're damp, they start to curl up. Absolutely. All of a sudden, like, the, he was using a stencil. The stencil starts to lose its color. Like, there's an actual problem here. It's super valuable. Whether you want to keep it for your own personal reasons or you want to sell it, you can't hand down art generationally if it's not been kept the right way. And if you're a person like me who gets it as a gift and you don't know what to do with it, it either gets ruined or I don't know how to sell it. And so I, I think there is actually a larger number of people out there that face these sort of things that. 
it may not be in my purview, but I think a lot of people it is. What other than the fact that your mom was involved in this, like how did how have you figured out how to bring this into a digital sort of landscape? Because when we talk to founders of of other types of verticals, uh, not necessarily art, but the well, I guess it is artistry in a way. I mean, we're talking about like content creators and things they usually are not the most tech savvy and mm-hmm. it's not like part of their world. So you can create this really cool tool to help them, but if you can't figure out how to get them on the tool and to get them to use it, nobody wins. So tell me a little bit more about how you, you brought this from the physical bathtub to reality. So for starters, I guess my background is in um, in tech startups and in, in tech consulting. So my background has always been in tech. Um, so I kind of brought a tech lens already to the art world and then coming to Booth, um, our professors really push us to think, you know, think outside the box and think really about the problem and not the solution. So, you know, I really was thinking about what is the problem and how can we solve it, and that's really how I came down the line of of a technological solution to the problem itself. So, were you a student at Booth at, at the at any point here? Yes, I'm. I'm currently um, a student at Booth in the MBA program. I okay. was I decelerated my degree to focus full time on the business. Um, I should have technically graduated in June, but I will graduate next June, most likely. Okay. Um, what have been some of the, the resources and things from a student perspective that have helped this entrepreneurial journey? Because we've had numerous shows where we talk about sort of the advantages and the disadvantages. There's certain people uh, on the podcast last week, I had a, a guy who dropped out of London School of Economics to start Helium after he recognized he was also a gamer. And he recognized, Amir, that like in order to do this, like time is, is obviously key, but it wasn't just that like he didn't have time to do it. It was it was like if I'm gonna be doing two things at one time, they have to at least blend together and help me. And so in his case, he was like, economics degree does not help me with blockchain. So <laughs> onward. For you, and they're like fifty one million dollars raised since. So like he's off to the races. For you, what are some of the things that you've learned at the university that might actually help with this? I think University of Chicago actually is probably even better positioned for this than most. But what what has helped? So much. I mean, I've taken a number of different courses, whether it be Mark Tebby's Entrepreneurial Discovery, where you think about how to find the right problem rather than the idea you're looking for the problem. Or Jim Schrager's New Venture Strategy class is actually where I started my art cash. Um, you know, we have multiple opportunities to go and pitch your ideas, get feedback from not only classmates, but also from other founders like these guys or from investors. I mean, the NVC process itself gave us so many different opportunities to really pitch our business, get real feedback from real investors, mentors, advisors, and also, you know, founders and friends that were providing different perspectives and ideas. So Booth really has a lot of resources that are at the disposal of the students, um, whether the Polsky Center classes or the NBC itself. Awesome. Um, what I want to do is we're going to take our, our force mandated commercial break. Uh, we're going to come back with the news and then we're going to come back. I want to learn from all of you sort of the perspective of what it was like getting ready and doing the new venture challenge. And then I want to break into some gaming chat and I want to get into some some non-shooter chat, which is probably, good. probably a, good, a good way to go. So we'll come back with the news after this. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Joining me, we've got Jillian Fenton, MyArt Cash. We've got Eric Bao, GG Leagues, and of course, Sonny Ty from Aegis AI. Uh, so we are talking to the winners of the New Venture Challenge. I want to get kind of some feedback directly from each of you on sort of the experience of the New Venture Challenge. In particular, say, if you have never pitched before, or if this was a new thing, uh, or you know, if you've never raised money before, because... We've had, obviously, a lot of the New Venture and other events, including Technori, showcase people on our shows. And there's a, 
a unique difference that I noticed the first timers versus those who have been through this a couple times is first timers like yeah I won this or it's an award or whatever the, the financial gains that you got here and the, and the ones who have raised before are like no 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 I earned this I raised I, I was at there I presented I placed second and I raised an additional hundred and twenty five thousand in capital to go along with my other million like they're they're very strategic about it so. Kind of start any of you. Just say who you are real quick, so no. that we know who you are, and and go with. Uh, I guess Eric, since I'm looking at you, the experience you've had. If this is your first time around, or what it is. So this is my first time fundraising. Um, probably my first time really pitching anything. So my MVC journey actually started last year from when we got rejected <laughs> for, from MVC, um, and that was the best thing that could have happened to us because we got to spend a year in the Polsky Accelerator and really refining our business and. F- fixing the issues that investors or advisors um, saw as flaws in our business plan. And so for us, NVC was really, this year was a culmination of that, um, getting more advice from top-notch professors, judges, advisors, uh, and having a much better story to tell about what we've done and proving out our concept a lot more. And so for us, the journey was you know, really refining our business from all the way from a year ago and having something much more fine tuned this year. What do you feel about yourself now that you've, you've done, you've gone through this process? Like, did you look at your, I I get into fights with founders all the time about the fact that I call their businesses projects all the time (laughs) until it's like legit, like a million bucks plus because they're like, look, I have an LLC. It's like, that doesn't, you know, I know a lot of people with those. Uh, What have you, like, how do you view yourself as a company CEO, as a leader and founder, or do you not title yourself yet until you get, you know, past project point? Like, where, where do you see yourself compared to before this? To us, this is really the first step in hopefully many on a long journey. So, um, you know, we, we do title ourselves, but it's more so other people can place us yeah. in boxes. Within our own team, we just think of um, the GG Leaks team as a close-knit team, and we're all pulling the same direction. Anybody's ideas is as good as anybody else, and so we don't really... You know, at this point, it really does feel more like a project and something that everyone's pulling on instead of a like a business. And In my two cents, it's not worth. It's, it's it's totally okay. Yeah. To to feel that way, and and just as full disclosure, I've got a lot of money riding on. Uh, on esports and, and just in general, be- I'm serious because yeah. like I, if you look back in the history of uh, you know even go back, um, I was listening to I was talking about the book before uh, the Love Life with Rob Lowe, which I was listening to on the way in here, and he was talking about the 80s and the late 70s and TV, mm-hmm. and there's these impresarios that had like all this influence in music and and, and artistry, and they really um, they pushed they were like the modern day influencer. Yeah. And now you see influencers and people kind of know them as whatever you want to know them as. I think that the next wave of influencer comes in through this like animation and through gaming. Yeah. And we are going to be watching <laughs> games instead of playing games and it's going to be crazy. So I, you're, you're in, you just keep pumping away. It'll be <laughs> fine. Uh, Jillian, before we took the break, we talked about how you were actually our student at Booth and your experience might be slightly different. So what has your experience been like? Uh, with, you know, the, the company idea came up during class, if I heard you correctly. Yes. And so you literally are still, in my mind, part of like this journey is still really still going for you. Yeah. So I think the journey is, is in essence, always still going. Yep. I think that um, our, our journey really started, um, like I said, in Jim Traeger's New Venture Strategy class when I was starting to pitch the an art idea, which was very different from my art cash, um, but still kind of solving the same problem, um, and kind of moving through applying to NVC. We weren't we weren't sure if we'd get in. We felt really fortunate that we did, and um, you know, really leveraged the different resources 
through the through the school. Um, yes, I am still a student. I did um, kind of slow down my degree during the NVC process. So NVC was my only class last quarter for an intentional reason so that I could focus 100% of my time on the business. And moving forward, I'm, I'm still planning on doing that, um, taking a class here and there um, when in order to finish the degree. Yeah, of course. And, and I guess the, the thing I'd say is like, obviously with Eric, what I was kind of getting at was um, the market is not really fully fleshed out yet. It's it's so new, and there's so much crazy stuff that's going on. He is just riding the wave. Like it doesn't even really matter <laughs> because it's like he's got to figure out his own business. But he's also like the, the market's figuring out its own business. Like the crypto thing in my mind is actually really really tied to esports as well. It's a another show for another day. In your instance, the market I think exists it's just how you are going to land and, and fit in the market and because you're still part of the student thing you, you've got some lifelines that i think a lot of the founders don't necessarily have as they're coming out and then you get like Sonny, where like he goes off to the races right and if he doesn't land the round that he had right then and there like it just hits the ground <laughs> like it's, it's crashing just, on my couch yeah he's crashing <laughs> on his couch and and that's sort of like what i think is so unique and cool about new venture challenges that like there are three people sitting here who all have a completely different experience and are in completely different albeit the same stage give or take like a vc stage you know you're yeah. all basically the same stage but very different versions of the same stage and you all are learning and experiencing something i think very unique and beneficial to each of you in your own way which is kind of cool um for you if you have advice for people who are still students who are wanting to pursue and trying to decide should i drop out should i do this should i whatever or even those who aren't in school who are thinking i should go to school what what is your two cents on your experience advice to students on you know, thinking about going to school or starting their own business. I think, yeah, you're like me. You were in a very unique situation. It was like, I know I want to be entrepreneurial. I want yeah. to be in tech. I do also respect degrees. And I know that, you know, Chicago gives you a great opportunity. Yeah. But now you're in the middle of all of it. And there's a lot of people like us that are just sort of like, what do I do? Sure. So I actually came to Booth because I wanted to start my own business. I actually wrote my essay about the fact that I wanted to be you know, a business owner, I wanted to start my own business, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I kind of fulfilled that destiny from, you know, all those years ago when we wrote those essays. Yeah. Um, and I guess my advice to somebody who's considering becoming a student or potentially just starting their own business is that, you know, I don't think it necessarily matters one way or another, but I do think that if you, you know, put some time in to go to an institution like Chicago Booth, and of course there's there's many other good schools yeah. out there, um, that just the resources... No yeah, I mean, that. Booth... Well, we won't get into that, yeah. but um, Booth does provide so many amazing resources that you just wouldn't have had um, and support that you wouldn't have had if you weren't at school. And I think some of it isn't really quantifiable, just the fact that you're surrounded by individuals who are super intelligent, super driven, motivated, and want to help you. The number of people that have come to me, and I, I mean, I won't speak for these guys, but I imagine the same has happened for them. The number of people that have come to me wanting to help me, wanting to work in the business, wanting to do a little project for me, for the business, has been unbelievable. Um, and that just isn't something that you find outside of the academic world. And in terms of just advice in general, in terms of starting your own business, I think be married to the problem, not to the solution. I think that's great advice. I think it's very similar to the advice that I actually tried to like create on my own. Like I was the same scenario. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I will say, knowing a lot of people from Booth, I I love Northwestern, but I really do think that on the entrepreneurial side, I don't think it's the same experience. I think Booth and Polsky Center in particular 
is truly built to guide you. Like you go in and say, I want to start a business and they like treat you that way versus Northwest is like, Hey, you know, if you stumble into something and it's just like, all right, well, that's not really what I'm here for. But I will say before we take our break, uh, if you want to go to Northwestern or other universities, do what I did on my essay. I didn't write, I want to start my own company. I wrote my lifelong dream has been to donate money back to this university. <laughs> and it's amazing how quickly they were like, you're in. They even threw me grant money. It was fine. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And then Sonny, I'm going to come back to you, get your experience and learn a little bit more yeah. about where you guys are at uh, to avoid having you back on the podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you're listening to Scott Katoon. This is WGN Radio AM 720. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. We are uh, enjoying a nice conversation about the New Venture Challenge and its winners right now. Uh, I've mentioned the podcast about a half dozen times, so I might as well throw myself a free ad for it, right? Here are the convos I was talking about with Raise.com and with Sonny and many others. Uh, go and download the podcast at Apple or Spotify. Sonny, speaking of you... Um, what was your experience with the New Venture Challenge? Because you come from a little different perspective. You guys were spinning pretty fast uh, trying to get your capital thing going uh, before this happened, and you kind of got your way into this. So tell me your experience. So interestingly, I had almost nothing to do with our New Venture Challenge efforts. Uh, the reason is because I Glad am we a, have you on the show. Yeah, I am a class of, I'm a class of 2015 graduate, so I graduated yep. four years ago, um, which means I don't qualify to pitch at MVC. The reason why our company was involved is because my co-founder, Ben, was his second year, and yep. he just graduated. Was it a week ago or two weeks ago? When did graduation happen? Saturday. Something like that. Great. Such a great co-founder. I, I yeah. see that you got him a card and everything. <laughs> I don't even remember when it no, was. No. So uh, <laughs> I was involved in the Polsky Accelerator with Eric Bow. Yep. Um, over last summer and at the time we were you know just had an mvp trying to get customers trying to get investors um a lot of times unsuccessfully was paying engineers out of pocket fast forward a year um we walked into the mvc finals having raised over two million dollars yep um so it was a little bit of different experience i know ben and our two interns were hard at work um but i basically just showed up and did q a um, and they, to be honest with you, they did most of the work, <laughs> which is where you want to be. I mean, quite honestly, if you can, I, I used to, I think I actually quoted this in my senior yearbook, which is like going back to the Wayback machine, but George, George Carlin, the late, great George Carlin, I said, uh, he said, and then I said, uh, hard work is for people short on talent. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we definitely work. We definitely worked really hard. Um, but for NBC segment, it was mostly Ben and our two. Uh, booth interns were, were helping us out. Um, I helped out with, in terms of reviewing the pitch deck and everything, because I had been out there fundraising, uh, not just with angels, but with VCs in Chicago, Silicon Valley, and New York. So I know what a good pitch deck is supposed to look like. Um, I've developed some pretty strong presentation skills over the past year. So I was typically the person behind the scenes that'll provide feedback. But beyond that, I think the main effort was uh, was mostly my co-founder. So I, 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 I don't disagree with this based on the laughter that you're giving me. It's very clear that you did you were not participating in that part. But, but I, um, I want to say though, because like everybody else here has a different position that they're coming into leaving this. Obviously, Jillian, you're you're exiting this thing, finishing up the degree, but exiting this this piece and then starting to like go off on your own with the business and start let it fly. Yeah. You're Eric still rolling with you know it's project mode but it's out of project mode but it's you owe people money sonny you raise money now so like you don't owe them like i don't mean you oh, loan it say, them, but, like, <laughs> but but no but like once you take real money from people it's a different you work for these people these people have invested money in you and you have like a, a complete like you're all the, the clock already started 
Absolutely. Um, our biggest investor, his name is Benjamin Ling. Um, he was at Facebook and Google. Then he's also personally invested in 10 companies as an angel before going to Coastal Ventures and starting his own fund. I swear, every time I respond to his emails or get on a call with him, I feel like he's a high expectations agent father. Uh, I suspect. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't speak to that, but I can say uh, high expectations. I, I would I would imagine so. I mean, you're, yes. you're, once you get above, and this is for everyone listening, but also those of you sitting here, if you, if you haven't raised a million, I don't know what it is about that number, but there's something about that that magic number of a million, whether it's revenue in, where all of a sudden you owe a lot to your to your customers or revenue or or, or, um, or money raised. The expectations are that I wrote you a big boy check, and so like now we're you know I hope you're following certain protocols, and and generally speaking, the people who've put that money in tend to be high net worth, and so they have certain liabilities and things. Uh, you're in a, a unique situation. How are you handling? How are you guys handling that now? Now that you guys are off to the races with money, what's going on? I think our, our VCs are typically pretty, our angels even more so, are typically pretty hands-off. Um, they, they like to give us advice, but they aren't very pushy about it. So typically, if we have something that um, sometimes it's either a disagreement on tactics or strategy that Ben and I will have, we'll say, hey, let's go ask our VCs. And because they've seen so many companies fail and so yep. many companies succeed they typically know what works and what doesn't and that's where um i think their biggest piece of value add is um but beyond that though i think yes the expectations are super high but it's still about the founders going out hustling it's going it's about the founders going out and executing according to plan so i don't think that changes it much it is a little bit more psychological though where you feel like okay these people have put their trust and confidence in you um especially the angels too because now the angel, the money isn't coming from individual yep. LPs. It's coming from their hard-earned cash. So you want to make sure that you execute your, your fiduciary responsibility to them and put forth your best effort um, to reward their faith in you. Those people who are listening who might be able to help you get Aegis AI into the buildings that they live and work, uh, where do they go? What do they need to know? How do, how do people help you? That would be wonderful. Um, please send me an email. It's Sonny, S-O-N-N-Y at aegissystems.ai it's a-e-g-i-s systems.ai or you can just google aegis ai should be able to find our website even though our seo is not very good but we're working with a vendor to fix that right now (laughs) money helps with that kind of stuff yes correct uh jillian the same thing goes for you you guys are off to the races yes and you need people who are listening and who are out there in the world who want to use this service that you're providing with them where do people go to learn that how do people use your product you can go to our website um www.myartcache.com and fill out a contact us form. Or you can email us directly, info at myartcache.com. Um, and yeah, we would love any support, um, any support at all. We're, we're hiring, we're, we're looking for customers, we're doing all of those things. And how's your SEO game? Our SEO game is pretty strong. Um, I would say strong hug, to quite strong. <laughs> hugs to our CTO for that. Um, but it's pretty good for now. Excellent. Very cool. And my friend Eric, where do people go to actually experience this? Tell me a little bit about where the places that people are hosting your events and things like that. Tell me more about it. Yeah, so GG Leagues has actually been operating. And so if you'd like to be a part of it, you can check um, out our website at www.ggleagues.com. So far, we're based largely in Illinois, and we host our events with some of our great partners like Robert Morris University and Illinois Institute of Technology. They have fantastic gaming facilities where we're able to bring um, you know, close to 100 gamers together for our in-person events. And 
this summer are going to be expanding into a couple other locations like Iowa and Michigan as well. And so if you're interested in being a part of that, um, either as a player or part of our team, you can once again go to our website at www.ggleagues.com or email me at eric, E-R-I-C-H, at ggleagues.com. Very cool. And for those of you listening, if you don't know, kids are making a lot of money in gaming. Like you can make six figures with a nice little influencer tag and and the whole Instagram team together and their sponsorship and everything else. Like let your kids play games. It's it's okay, really. One of the the top gaming influencers is actually based here in Chicago. I know Ninja. Um, I mean that guy's making more than a. He, yeah, six he's making millions. <laughs> I, we used to, I used to play against. I'm forgetting his his handle right now. Um, I don't even know if he's still competing, but we used to play all the time. Uh, there was a kid in a team, a, a clan based out in Schaumburg uh-huh. um, for years that were, I think he moved over to Minecraft at some point, okay. but he was a Call of Duty clan tag that was just ridiculous. And yeah. you'd go in, and for those of you who are not gamers, this is just a waste of your time, but you would, <laughs> we would log in, and if you if you play Call of Duty, it's like in these rounds, you've got a couple minutes, and it's a points or time game, and it, it didn't, the clock didn't even matter. Yeah, his clan would just unleash, and it'd be like you'd be dead forty-five times in a row, and next thing you know, like you just got fifteen hundred to zero, and it's over. You're home. All you can say at that point is GG, GG, yeah. just a GG. Uh, very cool. Everyone else here, I kind of get the gist of the of the money. We only have like a minute, so I'm not going to go too hard on you. But how, what is the monetization model for you, if you don't mind? So for us, um, primarily players play league dues to participate in our seasons. Ten uh, week season runs a team. $100 for the whole season and includes access to our in-person finals. Yep. Uh, and so f- for now, that is the monetization strategy. In addition, we're hoping to gain any sponsors and advertisers. So it's sort of like not, not terribly dissimilar from the, like the traditional media model of sponsorship, membership, association yep. dues like you would be in any other sport. You, you pay dues to be exactly. a union or whatever. Yep, exactly. Very cool. This is awesome. I appreciate you guys taking all the time to do this. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Um, I love the New Venture Challenge, as always. Hopefully, people listening tell their kids to uh, apply. Tell them if you donate money, you'll probably get in, right? <laughs> Sonny was telling us off, <laughs> offline that he was an admissions advisor, and that, in fact, my pitch was very much why I got in. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you guys very much for, for taking the time, so I appreciate it. Uh, for those of you listening to the show, you can, of course, follow us at Technori. You can download and subscribe to the newsletter and keep up with all the, the good things we're up to. We're going to take one more break. We'll come back with the news after this. Thanks, Thank you.